Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime, you know him and love him, is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it sounds like, in a weird way, fans can kind of be grateful, I guess, that Emmanuel Sanders suffered an Achilles injury, (laughs) because had he not, according to him, he probably would have held out, similar to Chris Harris Jr., for more money on his 2019 contract. Yeah, that's that's one way to put it for sure. Based on what he said on the fan yesterday, he gave an interview and he said more than likely he would have taken a similar route as Harris because both players are in a walk year in 2019. He sounds like he wanted more money or he wanted at least a pay bump like Harris got. And um, it's it's in hindsight, it's one of those things he can say. I don't know if he would have gone through with it, if he actually would have stayed healthy. And as I wrote in the article, Elway wouldn't have been open to that. He barely paid Chris Harris Jr., and Harris was a much more accomplished player than Emmanuel Sanders, and Sanders also older. So I think pretty handsomely coming off that injury, $10 million in base, uh, 12.9 against the cap. That's pretty good for him. So uh, he, he, it's, it's interesting to, to find out what would have happened. I don't think he would have gotten anywhere, though. I mean, especially for his age. I don't know what more he can really expect in the NFL. I mean, for a wide receiver, over 30, coming off an Achilles. I mean, granted, in this this, uh, world he's talking about, he didn't have the Achilles injury. If he hadn't have suffered the injury, he would have wanted more, et cetera, in theory. But I don't see how he would have had anywhere near the leverage that Harris had. And frankly, Harris didn't have – we talked about it on the podcast. Harris didn't really have any leverage, you know, so – I don't think it would have worked out in a, the same type of success Harris had with that little mini holdout. I don't think it would have unfolded the same way had had it happened with Sanders in a different world. It's exactly what I was thinking. And Harris, you know, they're both coming off injuries, but he at least made the Pro Bowl last year, and he's still among the top at his position. And you can say what you want about Sanders, but he is not among the top five receivers and wide receivers in the NFL, uh, like Chris Harris Jr. is to cornerbacks. You mentioned leverage. His leverage, whatever Harris had, barely got him a bump in salary. He wanted a long-term deal, and they and, the, and after months, you know, he Elway did not want to do it. So if he barely, like I wrote, if he barely did it with uh, Chris Harris Jr., it was not going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders. I think Elway's looking at both of them as just like chips to help them win this year. They're mercenaries. They're hired guns in a sense uh, in a win-now season for Elway, and he's just to return to the playoffs, and he wants all hands on deck. But beyond that in 2020, I think he's good with letting both these players walk. And it's important to note, too, that he was appearing Sanders 
on local radio where those guys are trying to, you know, they're peppering him with questions and hypotheticals. And so he's just rolling with the flow, right? I mean, in reality, how much do you think that would, I mean, it's hard to say at this point because it literally would have had to have happened in a parallel universe, like the former television show Fringe, where you got two different Broncos teams in (laughs) parallel universes on one. Sanders never tore his Achilles and the other one, you know, he did. But anyway, We'll, uh, we got a lot to get to in today's show. It is a an amalgamation of sorts of the VIP mailbag, the Twitter mailbag, and a question or two from YouTube. We're going to dive into that, see what's on everybody's mind here in just a second. First, quick reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter so that you too can get in on these Twitter mailbags when we put them out. But it's also just the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time at HuddleUpPod on Twitter. YouTube followers and listeners, you're doing great. We love you. We appreciate you. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment. Every time you listen to the show, before you X out on that particular video, leave us a like and a comment. Let us know. Engage in the conversation. We want to hear from you. And then iTunes listeners, as always, we appreciate you. If you haven't, leave a creative review and give us that five-star rating. Always helps to uh, grow the Huddle Up podcast. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031-22. All right, Zach, it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests, and we are here each and every week to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. And this first one comes from a Mile High Huddle 24-7 Sports VIP subscriber, Jedi Joshua. He says, Huddle up, Pod. Appreciate you guys, as always. Do you guys think Drew Locke will start to get a better grasp on things after the break? He is learning a new playbook, adjusting to the speed of the game, and learning how to play under center. It's a lot to take in for the young guy. What's your answer for Joshua? Uh, Chad, you mentioned it all the time that when training camp starts, he should have a, a more comfortable grasp on the offense and his talent will start to separate him. And I fully agree with you. From the Brett Rippins and the Kevin Hogans of the world, uh, the physical talent, the the arm talent is all there. He just needs the, the processing and the technique, and that comes with time and experience. He's not going to be a finished product when training camp starts, but he if he keeps his nose in the playbook over this break and he stays smart and just keeps at his craft, he'll be a more a little bit a more of a developed quarterback and can start to push that backup quarterback battle uh, more in his favor. Yeah, I think some fans and and readers and subscribers of the website were a little bit alarmed with Eric Trickle's studs and duds from minicamp. And even then, Eric Trickle was pretty – he put it out on Front Street that, you know, take this with a grain of salt because it's OTAs, it's minicamp, that Drew Locke wasn't, you know, crushing it. 
And the thing that fans have to remember is, for a guy that, even though he played in a more pro-style system in his senior year there at Missouri under Derek Dooley, his brain is still trying to catch up to the level that his arm's at right now. He's been swimming in all the newness in the learning curve of, as Joshua said, playing under center, the new playbook, calling out plays from the huddle, all the little nuances of what he's having to learn now as a pro, it's going to take a little time to acclimate and for his brain to get on the same level as his arm. Because in theory, what you want is you want him to have mastered the mental side or at least have it down to a point where he's confident so that he's not thinking when he's out on the field. I mean, every quarterback has to think, don't get me wrong. There is, you know, that the uh, cerebral aspect every quarterback has to have, but you want to get them to a point where they're comfortable, they're confident, so that they are reacting as opposed to pressing. And that's more what you've seen from Drew Locke up to this point is he's pressing a little bit more because he's trying to, you know, play while he's still learning. And that's not exactly just going to disappear and go away in training camp, Zach. It's still going to take some time. And, you know, quarterbacks are still learning their first few years in the league. But I think you'll see him start to stabilize and kind of get his legs underneath him by the time we see him in the preseason games. And we'll probably get our first look at him in the Hall of Fame game. It really doesn't matter what school you came from or how pro-ready your offense was. The transition from college to the NFL is unlike anything else. And he's still a 21, 22-year-old kid making the biggest professional leap of his life. And it's still a business for these people and, and these young people. And it's a massive change emotionally, psych- psychologically, physically, uh, spiritually even. It's going to take a while for Drew Locke. I mean, even Pat Mahomes, as good as he is now, he sat on the bench for a year, a full year, unbothered and got to just develop and learn on his own and get the seasoning he needed. And that's why uh, they're reaping the benefits today. If he, he might not amount to Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, but if the Broncos give him time, like we always talk about, Chad, they will get a much uh, more stable product when he's thrown on the field, and they can be a franchise quarterback option for them, but not in 2019. So in training camp, he's, he doesn't have any pressure to push Joe Flacco, any pressure to start. He does have pressure, though, to win that backup job. And I think, like I said, if he just keeps his nose in the playbook – and he learns this offense under Rich Gangarello, uh, it's only a matter of time before his brain catches up to his arm and then, you know, look out. Exactly, exactly. And I'm just excited to see him play this summer in the preseason. And For the sure. Broncos are, are going to have five games, which is why they also are starting training camp a little bit earlier than most NFL teams. So this time around, at least in 2019, Broncos fans aren't going to have to wait quite as long in terms of the break in between the end of minicamp and the start of training camp to get back to football, but we're inching ever closer. I mean, it'll be here before you know it. And hopefully all of our listeners are out there enjoying their summer, doing things with the family, getting away, recharging their batteries too, because this football season, I'm telling you, you know, you can call it a law of averages, whatever. The Broncos are due for some sunshine. You know, it's going to come. And you brought up Patrick Mahomes. What do you think? Do you think Patrick Mahomes – here's my mailbag question for Zach – do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to take a step back from that unprecedented second season he had last year? I could definitely see that. I mean, it's just so tough to duplicate that success, and it's a, it's a classic scenario where he comes back to earth just a little bit. I mean, his talent alone is ridiculous, Chad. He's always going to be, for as long as he's healthy and in that system, he's always going to be a top quarterback. But to duplicate exactly what he did last year, I don't know. It's always tough, and the Patriots are always hanging around, and the AFC is pretty tough. He's going to be a thorn in the Broncos' side. That much I can guarantee you. Yeah, I think he's still going to have a very productive and prolific year. 
you know, it'll be Pro Bowl caliber type of year, and I think the Chiefs are going to be competing for the playoffs and probably still competing for the Super Bowl. But I don't think he's going to have the storybook statistical production that he had last year. I mean, the the, the NFL <clears throat> at a certain point is going to catch up to him a little bit. And there's little tweaks and there's little things that opposing defenses can do after seeing a full 16, well, what do you have, 17, 18 starts when you count playoffs under his belt. There, there's a lot, there's a huge body of work, a huge sample size there with which opposing defensive coordinators like Vic Fangio can try and find ways to put a stop to what he does best. And the problem, though, you know, as far as the flip side of that coin, is a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, so similarly to a young John Elway, is oftentimes the things they do best, you know, their most triumphant moments, come outside of the strictures of a play. You know, they break the pocket, do something creative, boom, big play. And as a defensive coordinator and a defense, there's only so much you can do to guard against that type of uncanny you know knack for just making a play and being a killer i was gonna say when you were you know listing that point what gives me pause about putting a cap on patrick mahomes is he's literally redefining the position i mean no look passes that's revolutionary and if, as long as he does stuff like that um his potential and his ceiling is truly uh Limitless. I mean, the guy is just incredible. He's a great prospect. But getting back to the Broncos, I want to echo your point for a second. The win-loss record doesn't matter this year if they don't make the playoffs. It's going to be a jam-packed season. It's going to be a fun season regardless. I see a lot of fireworks too. So uh, like you were saying, the fans should enjoy the downtime now because come training camp July 18th, that's when it starts. And it's going to be a wild ride, I think. And for what it's worth, I think old Vic Fangio is going to have a few tricks up his sleeve for when he faces off with Patrick Mahomes, just like you saw last year when the Chicago Bears took on the L.A. Rams and the Rams were just rolling teams left and right. And we can all remember that shootout of the Rams versus the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. But by the time the Rams rolled into to the Windy City, I mean, they put the clamp down. It was the, the lowest um, point output under a Sean McVay coach team in the Sean McVay era so far. So I'm really curious to see what kind of uh, tricks – Fangio might have up his sleeve for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see. We still have a few more questions to get to, including a couple off of Twitter, YouTube. We're going to dive into those here in just a second. First, we got to take a really quick break, though. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, before we dive into the questions on Twitter, let's answer this one from Corey G, a listener on YouTube. Again, we have a great, thriving little community of listeners on YouTube. And frankly, for what it's worth, I mean, we have a, our, our podcast is on every platform out there. I happen to listen to a lot of podcasts myself on YouTube so I can understand why we have so many listeners that are you know, consistent and religious listening to us on YouTube. It's an easy way to consume podcasts. But this one comes from Corey G. And Zach, he says pretty simply here, how many wins do the Broncos have this year? 
What's what's your bet? Now we went through our schedule prediction, but we don't you know get bogged down in the in the semantics of that. What do you think, you know, prediction wise? What do you got for the Broncos? I mean, as always, it's so early and so many things can happen. But overall, in a general sense, I I, I see an eight and eight season. And you know, looking at that, it's not a sexy prediction. It's not going to rile up the fan base, but it's still a two game improvement. It's still moving the Broncos in the right direction. And for a first time head coach and so many new moving parts to this team, coming off historic futility that's positive uh, forward momentum that you want to see from the coaching staff and they can take that into the next decade and that's when they'll start to contend so um eight and eight maybe if they get lucky with this tough schedule like a nine and seven wild card but somewhere in that in that uh, range for me i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say that as a bold prediction i think the broncos are gonna win 10 games or, or at least let me put it this way I think the Broncos, I'm not going to say 8-8, eight and eight. and no offense, I just think 8-8, eight and eight, it's like, it's just too middle of the road. And even though, like you said, 6-10, and 10, it would be a two-game improvement, which is not insignificant. I mean, that would be a step forward. I don't think it's going to do anything to save John Elway. I don't think it's going to do anything to save Joe Flacco as being a, at least a short-term mercenary starter for the Denver Broncos. I think for this team, they're kind of in a mindset under Vic Fangio and under John Elway and the pressures of the last few years where failure is simply not an option. And even though they have the second toughest schedule on paper today, that's going to shift. That's going to change. It's not going to, my bet is it's not going to be as tough of a schedule come the fall as it appears to be today. You know, that's just the way it works in the NFL and parody reigns supreme in the National Football League. I think, Zach, the Broncos have a legitimate opportunity to get back to winning double-digit games. And I think there are a lot of factors that speak to that. One, Vic Fangio and the new coaching staff. Two, Joe Flacco. I mean, let's not forget, Joe Flacco, you know, and I wrote about this, in fact, Thursday evening. You guys will, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll have had the opportunity to read the article. But he's, a, he's a, you know, you want to talk about an enigma. This is a guy who he started for 11 years in the NFL Zero, almost, individual accolades, but tons and tons of team success he's contributed to. And he started, I mean, 11, almost 11 full seasons, you know, let's call it 10 and a half. But he's won, if you count playoffs, Zach, he's won 106 games in the NFL. He's got the most road playoff victories in NFL history for a quarterback. And only Tom Brady has won more playoff games since Flacco entered the league in 2008. So all of that experience, all I'm getting at with regard to that is I think the Broncos, if they can keep him healthy and upright, you know, you got to worry about that back a little bit, that he's kind of had nagging back issues. If that offensive line could keep Joe Flacco upright, you know the defense is going to keep the Broncos in in games. You know, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. And in those situations, traditionally, Zach, that's when we've seen Flacco tip the scales and show his value for his respective team. And I think that's how it's going to unfold. I don't want to, you know, get too overboard in terms of the orange-colored glasses, but I really think the Broncos have a chance to, to win 10 games this year. Yeah, it's to make that leap from eight and eight, which I agree, it's kind of a fence sitter's move, but that's just how I see it right now. If you know, with Flacco, that's the thing that's going to separate them from a middling team to a, a possible playoff contender. I can definitely see nine and seven, maybe ten and six as a wild card. 
if everything aligns, and there's so many ifs to play out. The offensive line has to stay healthy. Flacco has to play up to snuff. Uh, the backs and receivers have to stay healthy and, and, and be cohesive. Rich Gangarello has to pan out as a first-time NFL coordinator. There's so many uh, variables on that offense, whereas the defense I'm not worried about. So that on the defense alone and the coaching alone, I can see 8-8. Eight and eight. and I, I still think that's an improvement. Let me just see one preseason game, though, and then maybe I yep. can just move my prediction, you know, <laughs> yeah. upper back just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I think that's fair, right? Everything's so – I mean, at this point, fans want answers. They want something to sink their teeth into. But we just don't have any meat and potatoes yet. I mean, all we've seen is practice in, in shorts and a helmet. So it's I think it's fair to be skeptical considering the last couple of years. You know, no doubt about it. And especially considering it's been a while since Joe Flacco – did anything of note as a quarterback. And so I think that's all fair and square. And I concur with my partner in crime here that we, you know, let's wait a little bit longer for the preseason. Let's see at least one preseason game. Let's see at least one series with Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback in the first team offense before we go too overboard on our bold predictions for 2019. But good question. Uh, let's turn to the Twitter mailbag here from Matthew South, Zach. He says, why has Von Miller not had the praise that Bradley Chubb receives? No tailor-made comments from Vaughn, uh, about Vaughn from Vic Fangio. I would suspect Vaughn has not had a coaching staff that could hold him accountable. Vance Joseph was a yes man, little chance of bringing out the best in Vaughn. Which I think is a fair point, Zach, because you know Vic Fangio... and. One quick thing, I'll disagree with Matthew in that I don't. Th- I think Von Miller's received more hype than Bradley Chubb has this offseason. But your point still remains, Matthew. That what about can can Vic Fangio get more out of Vaughn because VJ was very much a yes man, and I don't think he was pu- putting pressure on the players that he should have been to expect and ask more of. What do you think of that topic, Zach? You know, I, I kind of tend to side with Matthew here. He's really ridden Von Miller hard, Vic Fangio, the entire offseason. From his very first press conference, said he can be even better than before. And uh, a, a month ago or so, I believe I wrote about it, he said uh, Vaughn has a lot to work on out there, a lot to learn out there. I mean, that, and conversely, about Bradley Chubb, he said he's tailor-made for his defense. And he said nothing but glowing things from the combine, uh, through the free agent process, through the draft, mm-hmm. nothing but glowing positive right. reviews. I guess that's true. About Bradley Chubb, so I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's thinks that Vaughn is, you know, a future Hall of Famer, so he can be a little harder on him. He, I know for a fact, and Fangio has said that he scouted Chubb coming out last year, and maybe he was just super high on him, and and he likes him more as a prospect. I don't know. I mean, it, it is. Uh, I'm happy someone else caught on to that because it's been a a consistent pattern throughout this offseason. Honestly, Matthew, I think it really comes down to the old Spider-Man acum, uh, you know, um, saying, you know, Maxim, whatever that where much is given, much is, is expected, right, as far as natural talent and ability, Von Miller's probably the most gifted player on that roster, and he's got a resume, you know, in terms of team success. He's got a resume on individual accolades, and, you know, he's been a team captain lately too. And so Vic Fangio obviously expects more out of Von Miller than he does out of a Bradley Chubb who's just entering his second year. And so – you know, naturally, th- that might come out in the wash in terms of his public stances and the public remarks he might make about Vaughn. But at the same time, Zach, I don't think that quite fully explains the departure in terms of tonality that Vic Fangio has taken whenever Vaughn Miller's name has come up versus Bradley Chubb. He doesn't go out of his way to say that Chubb still has a lot to learn. And when he says a lot to learn, 
keep in mind, he's not talking about football in general. He's talking about his system. Okay, he's talking about right. the new demands of of Vic Fangio's system and Von Miller working within that. But at the same breath, he doesn't say those things about Chubb. And maybe it's just different ways with which to reach players and motivate them. And you know, he's kind of a an armchair psychologist in that sense where. You know, if he wants to get more out of Vaughn, this is kind of the stance he needs to take from a public perspective and probably internally as well. And with regard to Chubb, it's more of an encouraging stance, right? It's more of a, you know, you're on your way. You're turning the corner, guy. Let's let's keep you going. You're 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 destined for great things. I, I also see it as, you know, it's assumed that Chubb has a lot to learn. He's a second year guy, whereas Vaughn is a veteran entering his 30s now. And at first, in that first press conference, I took what Fangio said about Miller as a slight against the former coaching staff. They weren't using him up to his potential. But, you know, more and more, he's kind of taking these little digs at him. And maybe he saw something on tape. Maybe he thinks Vaughn is uh, wrestling on his laurels too much out there and not playing to his potential. And that's how I read it. I think he sees Vaughn as this 20-sack Aaron Donald guy every single year, and 14-and-a-half sacks is just not good enough for someone like Vaughn Miller. So um, hopefully that's the encouraging part about it. And Vaughn, on, for his part, he's accepted it and embraced it, and it's only going to make him better. I'm glad, though, you know, that someone else has noticed this pattern because it has been going on you know, since January. And you know what? There's one thing missing from Vaughn Miller's resume as a pro. He's yet to win Defensive Player of the Year. He, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2011. He's so close. But he should – there's actually – I mean, for as skilled and talented as he is and as the, the great teams that he's played on in recent years, you know, before the post-Super Bowl 50 depredations, there's really no reason why Von Miller shouldn't be one of those players to have won Defensive Player of the Year, except for maybe the fact that, you know, J.J. Watt went on such a tear for that few years he was on and Khalil – you know, the rise of Khalil Mack – but that's maybe the only thing missing from Von Miller's resume. And if Vic Fangio, by taking this kind of uh, psychologically passive-aggressive tact with Von Miller works, then I think a year from now, you know, none of us will have a problem with with his approach. Yeah, and, you know, my bold take for this season is I would not be surprised, like I said on a previous pod, if Bradley Chubb has more sacks this year than Von Miller. There's just something brewing and pointing in his direction, pointing upward with the coaching he's going to have. And Vaughn, the torch is going to be passed in the sense that Vaughn's going to be taking up more double teams for Chubb this year. And Chubb's going to reap the benefits in the sack department. So either way, though, having two premier elite future Hall of Fame pass rushers potentially, uh, that's a good situation to be in, a good problem to have no matter how he wants to motivate either player. No doubt, no doubt. Last question here comes from Rob on Twitter, at idle underscore hands underscore F365. He says, Rob, love the podcast. Which current players do you think would make good coaches? Zach, and this is a a question, oddly, that we get from time to time that um, I think it's kind of curious that fans have this, you know, they think this way. Like, I wonder who would be a good coach that's a player. I'd say Justin Simmons would probably make for a good coach because he's a – you know, he's a big-time leader. He's a big-time communicator. But what's your answer for Rob? Uh, Chris Harris Jr., you know, minus if he can get past his salary for the coaching position, I think he'd be a good coach. Uh, based on what he said to Mike Kliss about the hard down, I think he called it, with Vic Fangio's system, he kind of just peeled the curtain back, and I like the way he broke down the the schematics of it. So him, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, another guy, just a fiery personality. Uh, Derek Wolf, he's a kind of a student of the game. The Broncos have a lot of good hard workers on their team, and and it's a good question to have. I mean, obviously Peyton Manning a couple years ago, or Trevor Simeon even would have been the a correct answer, but they have on offense and defense. I do like Sanders and Harris uh, as potential coaches. 
one player who might have to turn to coaching sooner rather than later if he wants to stay in the NFL is Kevin Hogan because he's a guy that's just I just I mean we've talked about it <laughs> lately that uh you know he's not long for the Broncos world anyway and I have a hard time seeing any team out there you know being in too out over their skis in terms of trying to get him on the roster too much is made and there's another thing I wrote about in that article Thursday night I get kind of tired of the trope that well you know at least Kevin Hogan has starting experience one game, you guys. He started one game yeah. in the NFL, which he lost, and his career touchdown to interception ratio is four to seven. You know, he doesn't even have a sixty percent completion percentage as a pro. Now, granted, most of his stats, if not all of it, off the top of my head, came on two really bad Cleveland Browns teams. You know, before the changes there that took place and in the renaissance, so to speak, under Baker Mayfield and the new coaching staff. So in some sense, you got to take that with a grain of salt, or at least within the context of how bad the Browns were. But let's stop pretending that somehow Kevin Hogan is some, you know, viable failsafe in case something happens to Flacco. He's not. He's got – the only thing he has in terms of an upper hand on Drew Locke or Brett Rippon is one single game that he started <laughs> for the Browns back in 2017. You know, I I don't want to sound too cliche right now, but there's a reason why he was on the scrap heap when he was last year. I mean, he couldn't beat out Colt McCoy, and and now he's going to be the Broncos' backup quarterback behind a second-round pick and a priority free agent in Brett Ribbon. I don't think so. That one game, he can can rest on that for now, but when the Bulls start flying in the preseason and and Locke gets more confident, it's no contest. I mean, I expect his release to come, uh, you know, in two months or so. Well, hey, you guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Sorry we got to keep it short, but we're never going to do you guys dirty. If we don't have anything you know, good to talk about, interesting to create conversation, we're not just going to drone on for the sake of creating content. We want to keep it interesting. We want it to, to be lively and mean something for you, our listeners. And, and so that's kind of where we're at. It's the dead time of the off season, And as so long as we have things to talk about, you're going to get a daily podcast from us. But there might be days where there's just nothing going on and we don't want to steer you wrong. We don't want to get on and just drone. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we'll be able to have things to talk about here over the next four and a half, five weeks. But just in case, keep that as a feather in your cap. But in the meantime... Building the Broncos will be back with another episode for you tomorrow on Saturday. And then Zach and I will at least be back for sure, obviously, on Monday with a fresh episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Make sure you're staying up to date as well, you guys, with everything we're producing on the written side, on the website, milehighhuddle.com. We're doing a deep dive series right now. Zach's doing a great job covering every nook and cranny as it relates to anything newsworthy of the Denver Broncos. But we're also doing a full long-form deep dive series previewing each position group and the and the roster battles that are going to ensue for training camp, and you're not going to want to miss that. Nick Kendall published a an article, a deep dive on the edge rusher position for VIPs. I published one Thursday evening on the quarterbacks that's free for everyone to read, so go check that out. So there's going to be content coming one way or another, whether it's the podcast, whether it's written form, videos. We're going to be mowing through this offseason and, and trying to keep you guys edified and educated and ready to rock for training camp. So check out all that stuff. But have a good weekend. Above all else, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 